0: Hi there, and welcome to another episode of the STEM Everyday Podcast.
1: Welcome to the STEM Everyday Podcast.
0: As always, I'm your host, Chris Woods.
1: Putting STEM
0: into every classroom every day. Hi there, welcome back to this episode of the STEM Everyday Podcast. Today we get to chat with JC Maslick. She's assistant superintendent in the Hopewell School District in Pennsylvania. She's written a couple of books and she's got a whole bunch more coming out. But really, she knows a lot about connecting, leadership, and, and even making in the STEAM aspect. So welcome to the show, JC.
1: Thank you. It's good to connect with you again, Chris.
0: Yeah, and if you want to, you can hear more about JC on episode 104 of the STEM Everyday podcast, but we're going to talk about a few new things because you've got some new books coming out, and uh, there's always just new stuff for us to chat about. So briefly, just tell us a little of your history of how how you got into education and kind of dove into the STEAM and
1: making side. Yeah, um, so I started, like many folks, as a classroom teacher, primarily working in grades K and 1 which was such a challenge, you know, working with those little ones can be so rewarding, but challenging as well. Left the regular classroom and served as a reading specialist for a time as well. That's sort of when I think I developed my love of literacy. And I went on to work as an elementary principal for about 10 years. Uh, I tell people all the time, I feel like that's the greatest job in the world. I loved being an elementary principal. Um, And it, it just, Having a, a team of of students and, and teachers and parents and community um, to kind of rally around your school is a real powerful experience. So I, I love doing that work. Um, but more recently, um, this I'll be starting my fifth year uh, as the assistant superintendent, which again, you know, often a, another step into leadership means a step away from kids, which I don't right. like, um, but I find my way in the classrooms any chance I get. Good. Um, and I also kind of get the, the fun aspects of, of central office, right? So, I mean, my responsibilities are things like, you know, curriculum and assessment, but I'm also work very closely with technology as well as professional development. And so I, I get to sneak my way into classrooms all the time and and kind of get shoulder to shoulder with those kids and and see what they're working on. So it's, it's been a, a fun ride so far.
0: And if you're an administrator listening to this episode, you've, you've got to remember how important that connection with the kids and in the classroom is. And just like JC, like you said, as much as you can find your way back into those classrooms, make excuses to get out of the office, right. And get in there and see what's happening and connect with those kids.
1: Well, I mean, I it's such a challenge you know you can easily get inundated with paperwork and meetings and, and whatever if you're truly in it to lead. you can't do that from behind your desk
0: right
1: um, you know you you need to stay current, you need to be out there with with the kids and see what what really is is pulling them in. um I think you need to be talking with teachers always to see um you know what's what's working in their classrooms and and maybe what's not working uh, and try to be a resource for them as much as possible so that's something that I, I really try to be mindful of every day.
0: Yeah. And you just mentioned that word leading and um, your newest book uh, that came out here in 2019 is called Connect to Lead and it's written for for the ISTE group. So tell us a little bit about that.
1: Yeah. So the uh, standards for leaders for ISTE were kind of given a, a little refresh. And so I, in talking with their team, Thought how appropriate it might be to provide some guidance around leadership that would be tied to the refreshed standards. Really, you know, I mean, we have never really met face to face, but it is our connected network that allow us to be a part of this PLN together. Um, Anytime you are looking to enact change, uh, whether it's in a school district or in a larger system or, or region or state, you really need to surround yourself with great people and and I think the power of connections is something that every educator and school leader needs to to really foster at all times. Yeah. Uh, I can only do so much as an individual, but I find real strength when I surround myself with people who have new and different knowledge than I do and we can kind of support the collective ideas of the group when we establish a network of learners and leaders together.
0: So, so what's a good way if an educator is listening to this right now and thinking, yeah, I, I've connected kind of with the people in my school and and maybe there aren't people quite like me or teaching the kind of the same stuff or ways that I am. How, how do they take that next step to, to connect with other people?
1: Well, obviously social media is is a great connector, you know, anytime, Mm -hmm. With, with a group of teachers, I always encourage them, like like many great folks in education do, I challenge them to get onto social media. It has been probably the most powerful, personalized, professional development for me. You know, I, I don't always have time to read as much as I would like to or yeah. get to conferences, but I can take a few minutes and, you know, hop on my phone and connect with other educators on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram and learn a new idea in a minute. And so oh, yeah. I like that. Um, but I think, so part of your question, you know, how do you do that if you're kind of working in isolation? And I think that has been a traditional downside of education and right. maybe 10, 20 years. I mean, we've now moved out of isolation and we're forging ahead to collaboration, right? You yeah. know, you and I, as as fellow maker educators, we're moving away from consumption and more towards creation. We're moving away from accountability and more towards innovation. And right. I if you don't have people around you to to support that and help you to be better, it is hard. I came to this job that I'm in right now, um, which was in a different county than where I worked before. There wasn't a ton of collaboration happening. Yeah. Um, hard for me personally because. I was very used to that. I was used to being able to reach out to educators in other districts. And it's been three years now. I reached out to two other school districts yeah. and we just started having these conversations around what could we do together as opposed to working in isolation. Um, so we created a consortium of schools, you know, just the three of us having conversations. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's grown and we've now ran three cohorts of learners through this um, shared professional development model. We have teachers across our districts who are, you know, writing new courses together and visiting each other's classrooms and sharing ideas and, you know, connecting on social media through, you know, Voxer chats or, or Twitter chats. And we did that because we had to fill a void. You know, it didn't exist where we were working and we needed an opportunity to find that connected, collaborative network that would help us to develop and grow as as educators and as leaders.
0: Yeah. And that's so important, especially at a school where, where maybe you're the only STEM teacher, you're the only maker teacher, you're the only somebody that's teaching physics or whatever that course may be. To be able to connect with other school districts nearby you, JC, that's... I thought that was a no-no. I thought we were all in competition trying to be better and get all the kids to come to our school instead, right? But um, you're really trying to change that that perception. And um, I'm guessing a lot of these ideas are also in, in your book, Connect to Lead, as well, right?
1: Well, yes. Yeah, so I, I talked a little bit about the consortium uh, within the book, and there are some highlights from the educators who have done some of that consortium work with us. But mm-hmm. right, that that sort of traditional mindset of, you know, well. I'm going to do what's best for my school district, and I don't care what happens in yours. Afford <laughs> to do that anymore? You know, I I work in a county where there's 14 different school districts, and and a lot of them are small. Yep. Um, I mean, school district has about 2,100 students, so I mean, it, we're not a a giant system, but we've been able to. Leverage the the learning for our kids by connecting with other schools and and sharing resources. It has really made a difference. I think the example that you give about those those teachers, yeah. I mean, I, I have two STEAM teachers in my district, and they can collaborate. But boy, isn't that more powerful if there's eight other people out there doing the same work? Or you know, hey, we we just got a grant and we're going to start a new makerspace. What did you guys invest in? You know, what? Oh yeah or tips do you guys have? Um, and just the the power of those conversations, I think, has been a game changer for us.
0: Yeah. And I get those kind of questions all the time through social media. And I'm sure you do too, as well. Again, we're chatting with JC Maslick. Uh, you can find her on Twitter at Dr. JC Maslick. And again, notes and stuff in the show notes as well. Um, but I get those questions all the time of, I just got a grant or we're just starting a STEM lab or a STEAM lab or a makerspace uh, how do you do it what do, what do you start with and and i think so many people would benefit from just going into another school and seeing one or just hearing someone having a conversation back and forth it's it's really hard to just list a few things um in a in 280 characters
1: <laughs> yeah I, but i think that's a go to for so many people now like put it out on social media see yep. what kind of needs that you get and and take it from there Uh, But I really do think that the the visitation, and I know I know everyone can't do that, um, Mm -hmm. but able to get a group of teachers and take like a little field trip. So with this this consortium, um, you know, part of creating our network was reaching out to other districts that we knew were maybe a little further ahead in the game than we were, and saying, "Can we Mm -hmm. come to your space? Can we talk to your teachers? Can we pick the brains of your administrators?" And sharing that knowledge, I think, is really the heart. Of a connected network. So, I mean, yeah. that's part of what I talk about in the book: is how do you look for those opportunities and and really grab a hold of the chance to build a relationship with somebody who maybe is outside of your role or outside of your district or outside of your state. We can't function in isolation anymore. There's so much knowledge out there, yeah. and if we take the time to connect ourselves, think about that. For me, as a central administ- central office administrator. If I'm connect. I can then connect my principals. The principals can then connect their teachers. The teachers can connect students. I mean, I have to lead that by example to create that connectivity in my district. And I think all educators, you know, have, have some buy-in then.
0: Yeah, and it's really coming down to that that central question of is is what's most important here is it, is the most important thing to have the best school in the in the county or the best school in the state? No, the most important thing is to help as many kids as possible and if that means stealing ideas from someone on Twitter or or borrowing ideas from the district next to you, that's all about helping those kids in your classroom in your school to be better.
1: Yes. I think in education, we beg, we borrow, we steal. And yep. those are helpful steps. But you also have to be a, a teeny bit cautious, right? I mean, I'm not going to take exactly what you're doing because right. I have to personalize that for my my school district, for my kids. And so I think part of being in a connected network also means investigating the great stuff that's out there and then taking the time to really make it your own because that's, that's the way you're going to engage your students is by is by doing it for them. Um, and, you know, sometimes that means maybe taking some unconventional approaches to learning. But again, we've, we've really seen some great success when our teachers are able to, to connect and, and take those instructional risks in the classroom.
0: One of the quotes that I wrote down, uh, and I always refer back to, from your Steam Makers book, uh, which is a great book uh, that JC put out in 2016. You, you wrote, "With any change in practice comes excitement paired with anxiety and challenge, mixed with uncertainty." And and just just thinking of all those things that you were just talking about that that taking those risks that's a that's a big step. And there's always that uncertainty as as we go through some of those things.
1: Well, and that's why I think the The book Connect to Lead is so important because you could have a dozen teachers who are willing to take those risks and push through the uncertainty and and continue to explore different approaches. but you really have to have a leader who says like, "Yeah, go for it, do mm-hmm. this. this is the right thing for our kids um, and so i while the book is certainly for everyone, it does speak to leaders and and really calling other leaders out to say, you know, be a connected role model so that your teachers see that in you, Um, you know, show them what, what power can be found in connecting with other educators
0: yeah and again, just because you're not like in a role like you are j c where you're in an administration office and things like that, teachers every day can be leaders as well, um not on that same level or that same type as as an assistant superintendent or a principal and things like that, but you're leading in other ways as well as a as a classroom teacher, and every bit of that is so important um, j c you got you got a couple other books coming out too right you got one called remaking literacy. You got one where you're, it's going to have a Vegas theme, and another one that's it's still kind of getting worked on too. You're you're busy.
1: Yeah, you know what? I think that I got bit by the writing bug, and now I can't look back. <laughs>
0: kind
1: of interesting. I'll just sidebar for a minute and, and share um, when I was doing my doctoral work. I was terrified to write. I mean, when I like during my undergrad, like I tell people, I, I didn't get a good grade in college writing. And it wasn't until I had a really caring and a professor that just really pushed me um, in mm-hmm. my, that I thought, you know what, I think I can do this. Yeah. Um, so I just, I do, I love writing. Um, I write blogs for um, Define and Demco. And I just actually signed on with um, Education Closet to write some STEAM work for them. So exciting, but um, yeah. yeah We'll have a couple of new books coming everybody's way. Um, In August, Remaking Literacy, which has really just become such a passion of mine, pairs, make, so, I mean, you appreciate that, that hands-on engagement with, with learners and pairing that with both literacy strategies. So, like, mm-hmm. how can you pair making with vocabulary instruction? How can you pair it with grammar instruction to make it a, a little more meaningful to students? But then also so many great pieces of quality children's literature that are out there that can lend themselves to things like design challenges and and different kinds of making experiences in the classroom. Um, Mostly geared towards K-5 to educators, but um, definitely some some offerings for middle school as well. Um, And that'll come out with Solution Tree um, right before school starts.
0: That's awesome. And definitely check out and look for that book as well. Like you said, August, 2019, remaking literacy, that connection between making and STEM and STEAM and that literacy side is such a underdeveloped kind of aspect. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what you have to say about that. Well,
1: there's, I feel like there are a lot of educators who maybe are trained to be, you know, either reading specialists or, or English language arts teachers who think, Oh, you know, I just don't know that I have the time to, you know, develop those projects or do I, can I really afford to let my kids play with Play-Doh in the middle of, of, of ELA class? Yeah. Um, Really is so much, so much research out there that supports the fact that when you pair that kind of, you know, core content with the hands on that, that our kids are just engaging so much more. They're remembering more. And I think that when we, when we look at literacy development, right? I mean, we're, we're developing vocabulary and comprehension and, and writing skills. Why not offer a component that also is very hands-on? Um, we've just seen great results in our classrooms where teachers are really embracing this. And yep. so I think it's a way for, for teachers who are out there who maybe don't see their way into making to kind of look at some of the things that the book will offer around children's literature and, 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 Say you know what I could read that story and try that design challenge. I think you know I think that might be manageable. Um, That's awesome. So really it's just a way to you know all those crazy ideas that that you and I post and and yeah. the, the wild making and robotics and building and engineering all that good stuff can happen truly in any classroom, not just in the makerspace.
0: Yeah, and definitely if you haven't already followed JC on Twitter and um, and other social media, D- Dr. JC Maslick she posts. Just some incredible stuff to give you some ideas, some really neat resources. I I love uh, using a lot of them. I still remember that one list that you made of just all these different things to look for to bring into a a makerspace from A to Z. Things like that every day, easy items. So,
1: Yeah, a a version of that is going to be in the book as well, that the makerspace is A to Z.
0: That's awesome. Um, And again, I got to ask you, how do you write a book about school and Vegas. <laughs>
1: um, so that that's, uh, we're actually almost finished with that. I am working with a, a colleague of mine, Kristen Nan. Um, I'm sure folks probably follow her on Twitter as well at mm-hmm. NAKR1120. And so she is a, a teacher in my school district. And mm-hmm. again, I, I'm in central office and One day, I stopped in her classroom early on in in my role here, and I I just kind of connected with her and said, like, what do you want for your kids? Like, what are you guys going to work on this year? Um, And she hadn't really had an administrator ask her that before. Wow. And so we sort of developed this relationship where I I just would stop by her classroom all the time, and I started to get to know her kids. And, you know, she would invite me in for, uh, you know, to read aloud something to the group or Um, to help her with a project that maybe required a couple more hands on deck. Um, We just started taking risks together. And one day we said, you know what, let's let's just start a Google doc. We're we're just going to start a Google doc and we're going to throw some ideas in there (laughs)
0: sharing
1: like different stories. Like, remember when you said this? And um, it, it developed into this whole idea that, well, we think at least that really good learning comes out of, that gamble, right? So we've mm-hmm. kind of created a parallel between all these chances that we take in education and, you know, heading to Vegas and, and, <laughs> and pulling that lever. And so we, we tell some stories from our perspectives, which, which I think is going to be a, a unique offering. Um, you know, so you're going to hear from a classroom teacher's perspective, and then you're going to hear from a central office perspective. And while she and I have developed a wonderful friendship, we don't always Eye to eye and, and we look at issues differently. And so the book yeah. will share some things. Um, and, and as you know, and thank you, um, we have reached out to people like you in our PLN to say, what do you think about this particular prompt? And I'll say, we don't call our, ch- our chapters chapters, we call them bets. So, like with, mm-hmm. with this bet, taking a gamble, hey, PLN, tell us about a time that you took a gamble and how did it pay off? Or, or maybe it didn't pay off. Um, but we've collected some stories from from some friends of ours as well that we'll include in the book.
0: That's that's awesome, and yeah, and thank you again, JC, and and your cohort Kristen for asking me to write a little piece in there too. I'm excited and feel pretty honored to do that. So I'm really excited that that the ideas that you have and that others have, uh, going right back to the the book that you're talking about that you just wrote, Connect to Lead, that people are not just sharing the ideas uh, just in their classroom that they're taking a look outside their classroom and saying how can i share what i know with others how can i look to others out there and and bring those ideas into my classroom to make my classroom better and uh, i think you're just doing a great job of that jc and on behalf of educators everywhere thank you for that
1: thank you i you know i'm inspired by the people that i connect with folks like you and others on on social media that kind of keep pushing my thinking and i love that that happens you know through my virtual pln but being able to make face-to-face connections and and developing partnerships right within your school district is is also a great place to start. And so um, my hope is that the book will share some of those stories and and provide some some resources and inspiration for others who maybe are looking to create a network that supports learning where they work.
0: Um, And again, I'd I'd highly suggest everybody take a look at JC's website, steam-makers.com. Uh, that's steak makers.com. And of course, all the ways to connect will be in the show notes as well. I want to ask you one last question, JC. And since I, I've asked you the, the standard question already, you get the new question. Uh, if you could change one thing about education, what would it be?
1: Oh, I don't, I'm not sure if this is going to be a popular answer or not, but I really struggle with standardized tests. Yeah. If I could change education, I would say I would throw out standardized (laughs) tests, and I would encourage educators and leaders to embrace authentic forms of assessment that really measure our students beyond just what a paper and pencil test can do. There, There are just so many other ways that kids can show us what they know, and I would hope that we could take the time to develop really authentic experiences that would measure you know, not just content, but, but things like creativity and collaboration and critical thinking. And so I, I think that's what I would change.
0: That's, that's well put JC. I, I would highly agree with that. Even as a high school math teacher who, who really is all about helping those kids try to get that content correctly. Uh, there's so much to be said for, for the creativity and everything else. So JC, it's been great chatting with you today and uh, all the best on all, all your new books coming out.
1: Thank you. I appreciate that very much.
0: And uh, again, find JC on Twitter at Dr. JC Maslick or at steam-makers.com. I'm Chris Woods, and thanks for listening to this episode of STEM Everyday Podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Please leave a review so more people can find the show. Connect with me on Twitter at DailySTEM or DailySTEM.com, and we'll talk to you again next time. You're listening to this podcast on the ESDAC Broadcasting Network. To find more information about this or other podcast shows,
1: please visit remarkablechatter.com.